But for me, when I realized that stress was connected really to every aspect of my health, so my mm. physical health was a mess, my sleep mm. was a mess, my eating was a mess. <laughs> I was like, oh, stress? <laughs> stress caused all this. Burnout caused all this. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Remix. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? When you're kicking it with Sid Mac, we keep it sugar free. Cause all truth, no lies, the only way to be. No more sugar in our lives, now we're living free. Hey! Now change up the flow, but we hit season two, gotta relive the show. Season one was going in, now we're hitting it again. Having fun with all my friends, going strong until the now end. Tell Remix. Me, girl, me, girl. How you like your tea? You know it's sugar free. You know it's sugar free. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me for another very special remixed episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. So this week we are very appropriately talking about burnout. We covered this topic last season during episode four with very special guest, Tiffany Albury. I decided that now would be a perfect time to go ahead and run this episode back because I feel like I am in the middle of my own burnout journey. (laughs) And now seemed like an appropriate time to revisit this topic. So I'm sure you guys have noticed that Today, I'm not sounding like my usual chipper self, and that's okay. (laughs) Nothing's wrong. I just, I'm really just tired, (laughs) and I couldn't even muster up anything. I I couldn't even muster up any energy for y'all today. I know it's so horrible, but my voice hurts, my throat hurts, and so... Like faking it was just not even an option today, but I didn't want to not hop on and get an episode to you guys because I want to make sure that we are a reliable source of weekly edutainment, which is education and entertainment. But y'all, I just ain't got it. I don't know what else to say or how else to say it, but I just ain't got it. And so I wanted to take a few minutes to kind of share with you all a little bit about my burnout journey, um, which is very difficult to talk about, honestly, because I'm in the middle of it. I think that a lot of the times when we talk about topics on this show, we're dealing with things that things and topics that I've dealt with before but have had an opportunity to get through and process those emotions and be able to articulate them in a way that makes sense. Because I'm not there yet at this phase of my burnout journey, please forgive me if I'm not articulating everything in a way that makes 100% logical sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's just a reflection of where I am right now. And so I'll continue to keep you guys updated as we move along. So I think I started recognizing some things, honestly, after tuning into this episode. Tiffany really summarized burnout for us in a way that was really, really, really helpful. So on the show, Tiffany characterized burnout as a syndrome characterized by chronic workplace stress that has not been properly managed that is specific to the workplace but can bleed into other areas of your life. She also talked about the three dimensions of burnout, energy depletion or decreased energy, increased mental distance and reduced professional output. She also gave us some of the symptoms of burnout, which are detachment, meaning you're not really present, loss of concentration, fatigue, energy depletion, headaches, migraines, mild depression, and cynicism. For instance, everything is terrible and you just don't have a positive outlook on life. And so as I was sitting down and thinking about where I where I was and how I was feeling, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Tiffany, this is me. And so I thought that maybe the issue was that I needed to get a new job. So you guys know that I quit my corporate job, which was a good decision. I did need to do that. But I quit and I was like, okay, I'm going to start working at a smaller organization, a startup essentially, and I'm going to work part-time and that's gonna help. And it did help, right? But it was not the end-all be-all solution that I was hoping it was going to be. Why? Because you all know that there is a learning period when you start a new job right? Like when, you, when you've been in a job for a while, and I had been in my old job for a few years. And so when you've been in a job for a while, even when things are stressful and hectic, like they can be as an attorney, you hit a groove, right? You know what to expect every day, generally. <laughs> Whether it's something good, bad, or ugly, you know what to expect. You know how to manage your workload. You know what you're supposed to be doing every day. There's really nothing new per se, that you're encountering that you need to account for in your daily allotment of hours. But when you start a new job, everything's new. Everything's coming at you at different rates of speed and at different times and all the time to the point where you probably end up working more in the first initial phases of a new job than you would, you know, in the old job. So when I started the new job, I had started out working probably more in my new job than I was in my old job. And so that was no bueno <laughs> for my burnout. But it also distracted me from my burnout. So I am a competitive person. And so new challenges excite me. And so it distracted me momentarily from being flat out exhausted all the time. And um, once 
I started to settle into my new role and things kind of leveled out a bit, I started realizing like, man, I'm, I'm really tired. And, and let me tell you how I started really noticing things that were an issue for me. And I just want to share because I think somebody else may be going through something similar and not really recognizing it. So one thing that I started noticing was that anything that I wasn't required to do, i.e. like it wasn't work related and somebody wasn't like watching over me like a hawk to do it, I wasn't doing it. <laughs> like I just I couldn't get it done. Like if it was washing the dishes, nope, not doing that. <laughs> even small things like following up on my doctor's appointment so I'm supposed to be getting my eggs frozen and I there's a lot in the process and I literally pushed my appointment back for two months because I did not want to complete all the steps I had to take to make it to the next phase (laughs) I was like I need more time how crazy is that right dentist appointments canceled rescheduled them because I just didn't want to (laughs) go um anything like I said that could be canceled rescheduled that didn't have to be taken care of immediately like putting things in the mail yeah not happening (laughs) now one thing I am committed to is eating good food and working out so my workout schedule has been maintained and I've still been eating well but yeah like I just haven't been doing anything else and apparently it's been affecting my mood and I've been not as happy and excited about things and I was talking to my sister and she was like um are you depressed (laughs) And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, I was like, maybe I'm in a little bit of a rut, but I don't think I'm depressed. Like, that seems so harsh. And then when I started to think about it, I was like, maybe, whatever. Okay, maybe. (laughs) So in a flurry of, like, panic, I was like, oh, I I need to be undepressed, like, I need to be undepressed as soon as possible. So I started having an existential quarter life crisis. Like, what am I doing with myself? What is the point? Why am I sacrificing all of my time, happiness, and joy for a career that I'm not even sure that I want long term? Like when I look at my future, I don't see myself as the next general counsel of some big company or owning my own firm again. I'm just like, what What am I doing with myself? Like, why am I skipping out on joy for things that I still don't want? Like, what is wrong with me? So in my panic, I started hastily scheduling lots of vacations <laughs> Because that's another millennial toxic trait, right? Like, catch flights, not feelings. So I was like, let me just go on vacation. So I started scheduling all these vacations. And I'm really excited about those. I think that that was a good move. 
And my sister was like, well, when you get back from vacation, are you going to be depressed again? <laughs> and I was like, maybe, I don't know. So I also booked an appointment with the therapist. So let me tell y'all how the appointment, the pre-appointment with the therapist went, okay? She was like, well, why are you calling me? Like, what? why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so terrible, y'all. And then she starts asking me these questions, right? To try to figure out why I called. Which for me, honestly, like I could tell the vacations was already having a significant impact on my mood because I was able to call her. Like I had been trying to make an appointment with a therapist for at least the last six months or so but I was so burned out I didn't even have the energy to call like I didn't want to call anyone like I didn't want to talk on the phone so just the fact that I was able to call her I was like okay my moods have been lifted enough that I could make the call so I called and I was like uh I don't know because my sister said I was depressed she was like, oh, okay, well, let, let's answer some of these questions. And she was like, have you been tired? Yes. <laughs> have you been experiencing loss of concentration? Yes. Headaches? Yes. <laughs> right? Like all the questions down the list is like, yes, yes, yes. Has all of these things been interfering with your ability to conduct regular life yes yes like oh my god like wait <laughs> wait 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 okay so she's like okay well let's just get you a regular uh let's get you a, a regular appointment okay <laughs> i was like okay so i booked an appointment with a therapist i am trying to do things to give myself things to look forward to um that are not work related at all not related to this show not any of that because I need to start implementing better balance in my life so one last thing I guess that's contributed to my burnout story or journey so y'all y'all know that I broke up with uh a longtime boyfriend last year. Hey, actually, we were still together when I started the show because I remember talking about him. And I don't think that I was handling that well. Um, it almost felt like I needed to mourn or grieve, and I really didn't take the time that I needed to grieve from that relationship. That's probably why I'm not really dating at all right now. Um, but what I haven't told y'all is that shortly before I started dating that ex, I was in a very serious relationship <laughs> with ex number two, we'll call him, and uh, very serious, thought we were going to get married. I was planning to move and uproot my life to go be with him. I had taken and passed the bar in the state where he lived. I was preparing to sell my home, and he casually mentions one day that he thinks another woman might have his baby. <laughs> this is a nervous laugh. This is not at all a, this is funny. Cause it wasn't funny. Nah, -uh, it wasn't funny at all. And um, I ended it. I ended it right then. 
right then. And that was a really, really tough breakup that I don't think I also healed from. And uh, I think while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, I met my most recent boyfriend and I was really hesitant about getting into another relationship. But I was like, what if this could be my comeback story you know what I mean he was so awesome and he was so amazing I was like I don't I don't want to miss out on being with somebody who could potentially be the love of my life and so I took a leap of faith and I went for it and I don't regret that decision at all we were together for a long time but being in back-to-back relationships that I really hadn't healed from I think for the first time in almost four years, I've been 100% single, which is new. And so I'm needing to take the time to heal and grieve from those relationships. And I really hadn't uh, going through the situation that I mentioned in a previous episode of them finding early cancer cells. And that's part of the reason why I'm on this journey now at 32 to preserve my fertility and freezing my eggs. Like all of those things have been weighing on me and I haven't really dealt with it, I think, at all. Um, I think that's contributing. I also went through a very traumatic experience where I was accused of doing something I didn't do. And had to go through a very lengthy court process to sort that out. Eventually, everything was dropped and, you know, I was exonerated. But the process of that was very expensive and very nerve-wracking. Even though I'm an attorney and I had help with friends who could help represent me, I literally was struggling financially to pay for for them and life and also being a black woman I was scared I was scared because I know that people people especially black people and women of color and and men of color don't always get the justice that they deserve even when they're innocent and so that was very very nerve-wracking for me and this has all happened maybe within the last three years um i also had an ex die from covid i had a very close friend of mine who had a stroke because of covid and then the pandemic on top of that and trying to figure out what i'm doing with my life and my career and just being overworked I just, I I hadn't been really processing that. So I'm glad I'm taking some time to process that now and figure out how I can move forward in a way that's constructive and positive um, and conducive to the life that I want to live and the love that I want to have in my life. And so I'm really glad that I could share that story with you guys. I hope it helps somebody and I hope that you enjoy the episode. Right. So with that, I'm also going to leave some resources in the notes and in the comments. If you feel like you need to talk to somebody and you feel like you need a therapist, I definitely want to recommend some good ones for you. In addition to today's guest, which is Tiffany Albury. So y'all ready for this episode? Yes, let's get into this episode. So I kind of already gave a recap, but I also want to make sure that I introduce our guest. So Tiffany Albury is an amazing, amazing 
wellness coach. She's got her master's in public health, and she came to the tea party on this day many months ago to help us to not only identify, but to treat our burnout. So let's get into it, all right? Uh, Tiffany, please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Yes, hello, hello. First of all, thank you so much for welcoming me to your podcast home. My name is Tiffany Albury. I am a dedicated public health professional with 10 years experience of working in the healthcare field. Uh, I'm also a health and wellness coach and I specialize in stress management and burnout recovery. So that's just a little bit about me. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you got into specializing specifically in burnout recovery. And are you full? You pack? Is it a lot of people? <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> suffering? <laughs> there are a lot of people, yes. But before the pandemic is when I actually went through my own personal bout with burnout, my own fight. So at the end of 2018, I realized that something was happening more than just stress in my life. I was like, this is not normal stress. So, you know, I went to the Googles and <laughs> I did some research and I was just putting in all the different types of like symptoms I was having, the thoughts I was feeling. And from that, I was led to burnout. And I was like, oh, this is specifically it. Let me do some more research in what I have to do personally uh, to recover and, you know, fight my way through this. So with the help of learning how to recover, with the help of a therapist, my own personal coach as well. Now, four years later, I can happily say that I now have recovered from burnout and I do know what it takes to go through that recovery process. So that's how mm -hmm. I was led to burnout. I was a health and wellness coach first, so really focusing on the overall holistic side of health and wellness physical activity, sleep, nutrition, you know, the typical things that people may see out there. But for me, when I realized that stress was connected really to every aspect of my health, so my mm. physical health was a mess, my sleep mm. was a mess, my eating was a mess. <laughs> I was like, oh, stress? Stress caused all this. Burnout caused all this. So mm. I really wanted to um, help people realize that sometimes you may not just need to change your practices, but you need to change your stress management tools and techniques. Oh, I love that. I love, mm -hmm. we, we gonna get all the way into it today yes. because <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. And I always like for people to give us the robust introduction because I want my listeners to feel like they're in good hands. And I feel mm -hmm. like we are, we got all states today. We are in amazing hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that burnout is probably something that a lot of millennials probably experience and suffer from, but just don't really know how to identify it. Like how you said you had to go to Google and don't worry, we're going to get deeper into your story because you gave us real surface. You know, I'm going to ask <laughs> later, but we'll get to that later after we get through our definitions and level setting. But I yeah. feel like a lot of people are experiencing it. And so I read a article recently that described this millennial and it's always millennials like mm -hmm. nobody else can get burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> it's always us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we the can get it the most. 
Well, and so that's what I was looking at in the article. The article was explaining that we get burnout the most because our upbringing kind of made it inevitable. And so the the book talks about how our generation has been trained, tailored, primed, and optimized for the workplace in preparation for this anticipated competition that we would face when we got here. Because I guess historically, you know, if you showed up to a job and you had a diploma, a college degree, especially a graduate degree, you were pretty much heads and tails above the rest. But Mm -hmm. since the government, our parents, and everyone else has convinced pretty much everybody that going to college is the way to a happy, fruitful life. Everybody's trying to go. So a degree isn't enough anymore, right? And so our parents had to try to groom us from very young ages to be productive in efforts to compete. And the article explained that that is why this particular affliction affects so many millennials, because basically we've been working hard since kindergarten. Absolutely. All all facts. Yes. You know, we, we were told, you know, like you said, you have to go to college, you have to get a good job. You have to, have to, have to. If you're not working, what are you doing? You're lazy. If you're not going the traditional route of work, what are you doing? You're crazy, right? You're just not um, fitting into their box or their uh, foresight for what they wanted to have happen in your own life. And so now we're leading (laughs) our own lives following um, the instructions of our parents. And yes, of course, you know, they wanted us to do great and be great. But at what expense now, if we look at, you know, our generation, our group of individuals and our people in the workforce, we're realizing we're putting in all this effort, like you said, since kindergarten to be top of the top, not to mention, you know, as black women, of course, that that extra layer of, you know, showing up that we have to do. And so when that pressure is put on us, we eventually fall into that realm of burnout. Mm. Mm, that was such a good play girl this, ooh, this is gonna be such a good interview like I'm, I'm I'm so ready I feel like that just blessed my spirit because I feel like I can relate to that on so many levels so before we get too far into the discussion everybody knows that I like to start the episode with a little bit of level setting so we had a little research now we need some definitions like mm-hmm. what is burnout yes simple so mm. the official definition of burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And so in burnout, there are three dimensions. So you can have feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Uh, It can be an increased mental distance from your job, something very negative surrounding your job. And then the third one is actually a reduced um, professional uh, output. So your work performance Mm -hmm. is actually declining. So burnout actually is related to officially an uh, occupational context. Um, and they really state that it shouldn't be other areas of our lives, but a lot of burnout coaches and also therapists have realized that it actually does expand well outside of the workplace. But if we're talking technical, it is an occupational uh, condition. Mm, that 
that was such a good a good definition. So to help us get an even better understanding of exactly what burnout is, mm-hmm. how do we or how do you as a professional? Because I'm relying on you 100 percent today. <laughs> this is totally outside of my wheelhouse. How do we like distinguish burnout from regular stress? Okay. So that's a great question because it can very easily overlap. So stress usually caused by a specific event or circumstance or, you know, a period of time. So let's say, for instance, you have a really big project at work and you need to get it done by a specific deadline and you're just under really intense stress and pressure. That is where you can start seeing possible symptoms of uh, burnout. However, the difference with burnout is that if you have prolonged stress over um, you know, several months or years uh, experiencing those symptoms. So if you have what they call chronic stress, so it's just repeated mm-hmm. habits of, um, or repeated instances of stress back to back to back with really no break in kind of replenishing yourself. Mm. So can you can you have these repeated instances of stress back to back to back and not be burnt out? I ask that because certain professions <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. asking for me at this point. And so my guests <laughs> know, like I'm I'm really here for me. And then if they get something great. So, <laughs> so as an attorney and I know, like, especially healthcare workers now with the pandemic especially going on into its third year have been experiencing repeated stress teachers you know a lot of professions and I know for myself as an attorney presently but also historically has been seen as a very high stress high pressure profession and I know from my personal experience it is I I, I remember I have alopecia and I went to the doctor and I was like what can we do about this? Cause my hair is falling out. And she was like, well, maybe you can reduce your stress. I was like, girl, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. Like that's not an option. What's plan B? <laughs> like, right. like, I guess plan B is a head wrap and some cute earrings because like, that's just not an option for me. And mm-hmm. so I asked this question, which is, can you be in a prolonged or perpetual state of stress and not get burnt out because maybe I guess you're just kind of used to it or the work that you're doing is enjoyable. I don't know. And and you just don't get stressed out or will this repeated instance of stress on a continuous basis inevitably lead to burnout? So yes, definitely to your last question. So if there is no break in what we call uh, the stress cycle, like if you don't take a break at the end of, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, or if you've had a very stressful week and you don't take the time throughout the week and also at the end of the week to kind of recharge and refuel yourself, then you're just going to go into another stress cycle within the following week. What can happen is um, for those who are in um, professions such as healthcare workers, teachers, lawyers, where you have those high level of stress environments and circumstances, 
What I like to teach and focus on is really how to manage yourself within those environments. So when you know that there is something stressful coming up and you know that something stressful is going to happen, now you know how to manage and prepare well enough before, during, and after in order to prevent you from getting into that burnout cycle or into that burnout mode. So there is a there is a way to do it. It just takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of intentionality uh, with your practices. And however, if your environment is so toxic and seeps within into your life so much, then that's when we talk about okay, reevaluating. Is this really where I need to be right now? So mm. you can experience stress continuously if you know how to manage it properly and if you can prevent burnout from happening. However, if you aren't aware of the stress that's happening and that it's actually affecting your life, like you said, it just becomes a natural part of your life. A lot of people think that, hence the reason why it just leads into burnout. And that's why they lead into further, you know, physical ailments and mental ailments. And so it just continues to deteriorate their body overall. Ooh. I have so many mm -hmm. follow-up questions. I'm trying to like, <laughs> girl, I'm trying to lose them in my mind because I'm I, I'm trying to whew, make sure that I can get all these questions answered and not forget. Mm -hmm. So the first question that popped up in my mind based on what you said, and we may have to go back again to make sure yeah. we can get the, to the rest of them. So you said that stress pro for a prolonged period can be managed if you prepare. What what kind of preparations do you undertake to prepare yourself for prolonged stress? Yeah, so I always talk about uh, stress management and prevention, meaning if you know how to manage your time wisely, if you know how to manage uh, your schedules and what's going on properly, making sure that you understand what boundaries need to be set day to day or week to week. Um, understanding how you may go through the process of a day in setting meetings. It's really a lot about how to manage yourself within a time schedule and what boundaries you have to set up appropriately in order to prevent any type of stress issues. Also, what can you include uh, as far as what are you eating to make sure that you are not uh, hyperactive or staying up late at night, i.e. drinking coffee past you know a certain time. Uh, what do you need to make sure that you're staying hydrated uh, for throughout the day to make sure there's no brain fog or loss of concentration? So there's different techniques and different things throughout the day, as well as just overall that you can do to help manage and prevent that stress uh, from taking over. I feel attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so attacked. I don't drink coffee, but I feel like I knew that I had moved from a state past normal stress when I had that brain fog that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Like I literally felt like every day was trying to walk through quicksand. Yeah every single day mentally. And I feel like that's something that's difficult as a lawyer, because I feel like what most people don't understand about what makes being a lawyer so difficult is that it requires a lot of mental energy. Mm. And like in order for me to be on my game and to sit in a negotiation and like not miss something, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Or to yeah. be reviewing an agreement and not just totally skate by something that's really important. Um, 
I have to be a hundred percent. And I would like just be sitting at my desk, like reading the same line <laughs> for like yeah. 10 minutes or like reviewing a, a contract I had maybe reviewed before and just was reviewing my work. And I was like, Oh, you were so good 10 weeks ago, girl. <laughs> you got all this stuff like you right. were on point. And I'm just <laughs> looking at my own work like, oh, Lord, you know, like that. But that's literally like when I felt like I realized where I was at was not a good place. And so in that same vein, what are some symptoms of burnout? Like, how do we identify when our stress has gone from manageable to unmanageable basically Mm -hmm. yeah so definitely what you've mentioned that loss of concentration is is key um really when the stress starts seeping into your body physically so you're feeling more tired you're feeling more fatigued and i'm not just talking you know it's been a long day i need to go take a nap like you are struggling to get up in the morning you're struggling to stay uh, energized throughout the day even if you drink something to give you a little boost uh, and you're struggling to even go to bed at night because your body is so tired but it's not ready to go to sleep because you're thinking about so much all of the work that you got to do you may also have headaches migraines aches pains Um, you might be very dehydrated Uh, You might also go into feelings of emotions that relate to like hopelessness, despair, nothing's going to turn around, uh, the anxiety, the worrying, um, trouble with memory, like we mentioned, that can also seep into like poor job performance. Uh, You might be crying all the time and you don't know why, because that was me. I would go in my car and I would sit in my car at the end of the day and just burst out in tears. And I did not know why. So you would have all of these emotional, physical, uh, and mental symptoms and signs that show up that you really can't pinpoint to any one thing except maybe uh, the situation that you're in. So whether that be a job, whether that be um, a family issue, whether that be a parental issue or relationship. So yeah, that it can show up in many different ways. Mm, I'm so sorry that you had were crying every day. Yeah, I'm almost. <laughs> that breaks my heart. Like I said, mm-hmm. we we gonna get into your story because I I need specific examples. <laughs> 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 but before that, I still have a couple more questions about identifying burnout because I feel like that's super important, especially because my mom always thinks that we over exaggeration. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Lay down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like real. Right? Yes. And yes. so I feel like it's important for us to really get into how we can identify because somebody out there is probably mischaracterizing something else that's really burnout. And so one thing that you said that stuck out to me was Um, like being in a depressive state and like maybe not being positive. And so those things I think can kind of overlap with symptoms of depression. And so I know you kind of told us the difference between being stressed out and burnout, but is there some kind of recognizable difference between being depressed and burnt out? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do want to preface it with I am a coach and not a therapist, so I would okay. definitely um, okay. consult a therapist. <laughs> However, I do still have to talk about this often because a lot of people do overlap it. Um, and mm -hmm. I do definitely encourage my clients that I work with to see a therapist if they are feeling any uh, bouts or signs of depression. And so with depression, if you feel that when you are leaving work or if you're leaving a certain situation and you still feel that sense of hopelessness and that nothing really can reinvigorate you, nothing can really get you excited again, um, that might be leaning more towards the depressive side. So you're pulling mm -hmm. away from people, you're being more isolated, um, you might have irritable moments that are connected not necessarily to that specific work environment but just you just have an overall uh angry feeling um you're feeling sad most of the time like i said if you once enjoyed going to a dance class or taking a walk and that kind of gave you a little boost of of something right like a little spark um but now that spark is not there anymore no matter how many times you try to do it then that might have uh, that might show you that you've now shifted into a more depressive state. And if you mm -hmm. are feeling in that uh, state, then I would definitely recommend uh, going to talk to a therapist. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. depression is kind of like a dark hole that you just can't seem to climb out of versus burnout. Like there are some things that kind of still get your juices flowing. Like you're, you're still, you're still happy when you burn yeah. down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can still you can still uh, connect to something that actually brings you joy or life or love. Um, you have a support system that you can go to and you actually want to be with them. Uh, so, yeah, burnout actually allows you to have a pathway out. Not that not saying that depression you can't, but depression, you'd probably have to do a little bit more work to dig deeper to kind of get a like you said, that dark hole in that dark space. Mm. Okay. That, that's a good kind of, you know, so, so what are the negative impacts long-term of leaving burnout unaddressed? Like if, if I'm not really depressed, I'm, you know, whatever, can I just keep being burnt out or eventually is there some kind of really negative impact? Yeah, so eventually you will probably be led into depression. You know, uh, mm. studies show that after experiencing long terms of burnout, people are more likely to experience uh, other mental health issues, including depression, including anxiety. Uh, it could really mess up your sleep habits, eating habits. Uh, you may no longer want to be physically active. Uh, which also can lead and tie into, you know, the heart disease issues, the diabetes issues, uh, more of those uh, possibly preventative healthcare measures. So if you're able to prevent them from happening by doing the things that I spoke about earlier, that is best. But long term, you are probably going to be led into more of those uh, heart issues, even gut issues. A lot of people who mm -hmm. struggle with stress uh, also is dealing with, you know, IBS. So um they may what is have... what can you define or tell us what ibs is oh yes it's in in irritable bowel syndrome so uh you don't really have a great digestive health uh set setup 
anymore because you know you're so stressed and so those are some of the long-term outcomes when you go from stress and then you don't stop the stress you go to burnout you don't stop the burnout and then it might end up with some more physical issues Mm -hmm. girl (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i've experienced way too many of these symptoms (laughs) Yeah. You know, many of us have, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, it's for me personally. So growing up, I played golf competitively and then I also sang competitively. And so we were always busy, like always on the go, traveling for competitions, what have you going to school full time, had to be a straight A student, all of that. And it feels like I feel like I am having a midlife crisis Mm. at 32 because I started at five. Mm. (laughs) That's what one of my friends kind of described it as. And he was like, I feel like I'm hitting the wall that most people historically hit at 45 at 35 because Mm -hmm. I've been running this race for so long and I think maybe that's what burnout is for a lot of millennials it's replacing the midlife crisis where you wake up and you're trying to go get a Ferrari and quit your job and you know like find a new uh, mate spouse like do all the things to try to figure out how you can make yourself happy because you just wake up one day and you realize like this is not what I wanted right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and it's just like some kind of knee-jerk course correction midway through so I'm like I said I'm I'm I know you're not speaking to me personally but I feel like you're (laughs) speaking to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so before you tell us how we can cure our burnout and kind of shake that feeling tell us about what led up to your feelings of burnout and your like burnout story and how you overcame it. I need, I need to hear about this. Yeah. So (laughs) where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I actually, um, was at a job that was totally new. Um, I wasn't familiar with it. It was still in the healthcare realm, but it was a new side of healthcare that I was not used to. So I was excited. Naturally it's a new job. Um, I was excited to learn, and this is usually how the stages of burnout go as well. So as I'm going Mm. through the story, I'll point out each one that kind of hit me, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So start off, I really love my job. You know, I get in, I'm eager to learn. I want to learn everything. I want to know the ins and outs, back front, all of the ups and downs, right? So um, in the learning, there wasn't really much stress. I was still, you know, very excited to be in the position, but I did see some early signs within the environment that I did not pay attention to at the time, but I still took note of them. I was like, huh, that's, that's interesting how that works here. That's interesting, you know, how that situation made me feel. So in that, um, that was during my first year. During the second year, I was actually offered a promotion to move into a manager role. So never had been a manager before, number one. 
Um, number two, didn't know really all the ins and outs of this department. Obviously, I'd just been there, there a year. Um, and then we were also trying to do kind of like a savior from, from falling grace because this department was going through some issues at the time. So not mm -hmm. only did I have to hop in in the manager position, managing, you know, a small team of four at the time. Of course uh, they I called also... in a woman to come clean up. The <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. And... Um, <laughs> That I also had to figure out how to manage all the other things that I did not know about. So in that, it was really a lot of late nights, a lot of correcting some of the things that needed to be corrected, um, a lot of long hours. I also had to commute at the time an hour each way. So that was a two hour drive from, you know, where I was. And so in the constant buildup, I knew the stress was happening, but I was still doing my, you know, exercising and trying to keep it balanced. I was still managing. And I'm not sure when the shift happened. However, I do know that I had allowed my boundaries to be crossed and I, I did mm. not um, speak up and set additional boundaries that needed to be set up. Mm. And so in that, I was had that, taken did on. that look like more like for you, like maybe taking taking more work than you should yes. have or? Yeah, absolutely. So I was taking a lot more work um, that also was not mine. I also mm -hmm. had to assist a lot of people and kind of be like that on call person um, that I was used to being all my life, but I was I didn't realize that that the way I was all my life until I got to this mm. position. Mm. So I didn't realize that I was always the person that's like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. I got it. I can do this. Oh yeah. You need that done. I'll get it done. Oh, you need me to, um, stay late close to, you know, 10 PM at night, sometimes close to 11. Oh no. If what time did get you get there at 5 PM? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> No. <laughs> Noon at least. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just constant back to back to back to back. And then on top of that, also not being, and this is part of what they call us millennials entitled because I've been called that. Um, it was part of the, you know, lack of appreciation, no acknowledgement for the work, um, no thank yous being given. It was just like on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And so in that, again, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew that I did not like walking to my car and sitting in the car and crying before I could drive home oh, no. <laughs> uh, to get, you know, to get to sleep, to do it all again in the morning. And I remember one night I came home to my couch and Again, it was a crying night. I came home to my couch. I sat down. I told myself, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant in the moment. But I was like, I'm getting to a point where it's very dangerous for my health. It's dangerous mentally as well because I was not having the best thoughts at the time. You know, I was very overwhelmed. And I said, you know, what if I just, what if they just didn't need me anymore, right? Like, mm. what if I just did not, do it then they'd have to they'd have to figure out someone else to do it yeah so um in that point i was like okay i don't want to go down that road <laughs> i don't want to think <laughs> that thought anymore yeah. um and so i said 
what is this? I need to figure out what this is and I need to figure out who could help me. Um, and so from there, like I said, I'm like, I, I did my search. I'm like, I'm feeling a loss of connection to my work. Uh, I'm feeling very sad. I'm feeling very tired. Uh, within that year and a half, my eyes, both eyes had swollen up. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's just stress. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so were you still enjoying the work? Like, I did, did you still? You, yeah. I did. Mm. I did. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, however, over time, it got to a point where, again, when I did set the boundaries, now we're going up to the recovery piece, right? Like when mm -hmm. I did set the boundaries, um, when I did ask for the help that I needed, when I did start to restructure how I was managing everything, um, some people didn't like it. <laughs> some people thought, you know, well, I don't know what's wrong with Tiffany. Mm. I don't know why she's acting all different. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. And so in doing that, still loving the work, still enjoying what I did, I was able to add in more of the practices. The first thing I had to do was get rest though. I had to get rest. <laughs> I had to make sure that I was well fed, that I wasn't eating junk food. Cause I was also eating horribly at the time. Mm. I started like drinking wine more. Like wine mm. is great, but <laughs> <laughs> not when I needed just, you know, every night to kind of calm my mm. nerves or use that as a clutch or a crutch in some way. And so, I refocused on what I wanted to do. So I started moving mm. slower. I took my time with things. I paused before I said yes to anything. Um, I reevaluated how I wanted to show up every day. That was also a different thing, a new thing for me. Cause I would just go into work and be like, all right, let's go. Mm. And I had to take a step back and say, no, how, what do I want to do? How do I want to feel today? And it was doing that really for a year, year and a half close to two years and being very intentional and realizing, is this the job that I want or is this not the job that I want? And mm -hmm. I realized it wasn't the job that I wanted because the environment itself wasn't shifting. Even as I was offering potential strategies to help, even though my other teammates were also suffering. So mm -hmm. it was really an effort, not only for myself, once I healed, I also wanted to put that in our department as well. Mm. And then when I realized that shift wasn't happening, when I realized the boundaries were consistently being tried. <laughs> <laughs> ignored. Ignored, stepped on. Um, I, I made a decision to, to leave. And, you know, I knew that I was going to leave. I just didn't know when it was going to happen, but it happened when it needed to, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I love that story, girl. I do. Yeah. I, I have a question too about now that you're out of it, right? Now that you've had time to reflect, you've had time to go to counseling and, and really get a handle on what was going on. Did, were you able to pinpoint why you were crying after work? Like, was it just your body like releasing so much energy that you had built up throughout the day? Or what was the cause of that? Because I remember one of my jobs that I had early on in my career, I was crying every day, but it was crying to work. Like, oh Lord, like, <laughs> I gotta be here again. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. just curious as to what caused your body to be like in that state after work. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what you said. After dealing with all the different energies, because I, I was in a department, even though our department that I managed was small, I oversaw a department of 92, 93 physicians. Wow. So in that, it was managing not only the work, but managing the other emotions of all the other people around me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I know for me, I'm an empath. So I had to learn how to cut and block things off. But back then, I didn't really know how to do that appropriately. So I would take on a lot, then I would be exhausted. And then I would feel bad that nobody knows what I'm doing or understands what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. so it would just be all these different layers of, I feel so alone and um, misunderstood that that was the only way that I knew how to get it out. I'm also an emotional person. So I'll cry at a puppy video, but that's happy tears. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but when I am when I am tired, when I'm angry, when I am sad, that is the way, like you said, that I release and that is the way that I get it out. I've had many yoga sessions that I had to release in tears, meditative session I released in tears, therapeutic journaling sessions, all of that just had to be released from my body in order for me to then go up and show up the next day to then do mm. it all again. <laughs> mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that I really because you really do that energy has to go somewhere. And I feel like as women, as women of color, as black women, we hold so much in throughout mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. Like I will sometimes witness my colleagues of other, you know, ethnicities or genders and they're just saying whatever comes to, and, and mm -hmm. sometimes I'm looking at them like, I cannot even believe that you just said that out loud, right? right. And then yes. there are days when you come to work and you're like, I want to do that. I want to say whatever I want to say, but there's always that fear in the back of your mind that you can't get away with the things that other folks can. And so you just end up carrying with you throughout the day so much and I always my mom hates this but I always be like mom I, I need to tell you you know and it's just like me letting everything go throughout mm -hmm. the day and she's like you really need to get a therapist and I'm like dang like if you can't if you can't vent to your mama right then who can <laughs> like, you vent to <laughs> right? like, you really need to you know but it's it's just every day kind of releasing and letting go of all the things that you wanted to say but couldn't or didn't mm -hmm. and then on top of that like you said like taking on extra tasks all the time and I think that sometimes that stems from a deep desire especially I think amongst women to feel like you have to prove yourself oh yeah and that you have to go above and beyond to be respected. When I, I started doing this at work, I said, <laughs> look, this was this what I started doing to release myself. OK, I used the white men in my department as a litmus test. I said, if they not raising their hand, neither am I. That was my litmus <laughs> test for everything. I would always look. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm good. You, you do yeah. it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, look over and be like, is Joey doing it? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. And then mm -hmm. don't ask me because if you ask me why I'm not doing it, my answer always because Joey not right. <laughs> <laughs> ask Joey. Why Joey? Why aren't you participating? That's right. why I'm not participating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
But I think we automatically think like it's our job to jump in, to hop in, to save the world, to do all the things. But nobody else feels that way. Right. They not raising a hand. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm mad at Joey for not participating. But I just need to be more like Joey. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what your story reminded me of, like just holding all these things in and carrying it in. And then like that cry every day, just your body's way of just like pushing it all out. Yeah. And I remember there was an instance where I did I had a little respectful snapback and I got called rude and nasty. And so I was like, oh, well, I won't ever, you know, it's a very, it it was a place that didn't allow me to be me. And in that I had to be contained. I had to be uh, put in this particular box or idea because if I stepped out of it, it was a problem. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how did you I know you kind of touched on it, but like not only did how did you overcome it, but what advice do you have for us in overcoming burnout and what like actionable steps can we take to get past this? Because I felt like I said, I feel like you've been talking about me for the last 35 <laughs> minutes. So let me help you. <laughs> Please. But yeah, so as I mentioned, one of the first things that I always recommend and encourage is to take it slow. And what do I mean by that? I mean that there's no need for you to engage in any additional activities at the end of your day or beginning of your day if you are exhausted. So Mm. in waking up in the morning, you might want to slowly get out of bed instead of just popping up right? You want to actually wake up, allow your body to come alive and come into the day. Um, At nighttime, you want to make sure that you set up a particular routine that allows your body to decompress at the end of the day. So whether that means uh, being very present to making a meal, being very present to engaging in some type of yoga, allowing your body or stretching even, so your body's not too worked up or energized because it really doesn't have that much energy in the first place. Mm. Um, It's really a lot about resetting your nervous system in that beginning stages, depending on how far along you are in your burnout. Um, So that might look like meditating, uh, doing some mindful activities, like I mentioned, taking a walk. And this is not, This is not necessarily for a calorie burn. (laughs) This is to, like I said, (laughs) reset your nervous system and slow down. Mm. Uh, Definitely getting your sleep back on track. So how are your sleeping habits? What do you need uh, to support better sleep at night? Making sure that you are increasing your hydration. Uh, Mm. You may also want to get checked to make sure you don't have any vitamin deficiencies. So D, E, uh, zinc, we want to make sure that vitamin A, we want to make sure that those are well nourished in our bodies, allowing us to function. Um, you could mm. also do now if you're feeling like you have a little bit more energy, you've kind of you feel a little bit better and you're ready to take on some physical activity, then try, you know, going for a run, engaging in some of those things that you like. Uh, I'm a big fan of dance cardio because it allows me to like mm. shake loose and yes. have fun without the running. I'm not a running girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I love I love to dance. It's a freedom. It's an expression. Um, you could definitely also engage in um, additional support from families and friends. So 
I know in the beginning, I didn't want to be around anyone. Like when I was going through burnout, I was like, leave me alone. I don't feel like talking to you. <laughs> but I realized in my burnout recovery, I needed that support. I needed mm -hmm. someone to to just take a listen for a few minutes uh, who also wanted to listen, who also allowed me to listen to their story. Um, like I mentioned, therapy is huge. Coaching is another support. So finding different ways to have a support system. Um, and then also evaluating your boundaries at work and at home and within yourself. So really mm. check in to see where is my energy being um, given to? What is my energy being given to? And does it really need to go in that direction? And mm. it might look different day to day and week to week. So I always talk about, you know, you have a gas tank. So where are you going to allow that gas to be given up? Is it going to be in your exercise? Is it going to be um, in cooking a meal or meal prepping for the day? Um, is it going to be sitting down and having a conversation with your partner or your spouse? Right. So you want to make time sure. for that. Who got time for it? <laughs> Who got time trying to find a partner? Girl, <laughs> we burnt out. You can. <laughs> <laughs> So you definitely want to make sure that you, you know, evaluating those boundaries that you set for yourself and um, even more in depth, like we met, uh, you mentioned at the end of it, is recognizing that you can't do it all. I think that's the biggest thing. You can't do it all, all at once. You can probably try to do it all over time. It may not happen as fast as you want it to. Uh, you might not get the effects right away. You might not get the results that you want right away. But I think allowing ourselves to know that it just takes time to recover um, and it also takes time to just get things done in general will give ourselves some some grace in, in moving in our day to day lives. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like after hearing all of that, the thing that just keeps running through my mind is that we as a generation are just a bunch of pressure cookers. Like we just, mm -hmm. <laughs> we yeah. are just all holding in so much that we are all one wrong sideways look away from just the top, just busting off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, because in the beginning you described burnout as if stress is a cycle I guess as you said where mm -hmm. you know you get all hyped up and then you're supposed to recover and you get all hyped up and then you're supposed to recover and then there's no recovery and so it's just like you're just always hyped you're always I, hyped I, yes, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. and so we're just these little pressure cookers of all these emotions just constantly building and building and building until you're a mess yeah yeah. And mm. the pressure cooker is building up in your body and your systems raising and you're wondering why you have high blood pressure. Ooh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or are you bald? Yeah. So you Or you can't poop. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All kind of things. Oh my God. This has been a really great conversation. Like this has been so good. I was so glad that you've been able to join us today. So if we specifically want to work with you to help improve our burnout, how do we find you? How do we work with you? 
Yes. So on my Instagram, you can find me at Tiffany Coaches. That's all together at Tiffany Coaches. And I always offer a free one-on-one -on -one sessions, intro sessions. Those I'm telling you, those are my favorite because a lot of people come to me and they really don't know what's going on. But by the time we get to the end of it, they've kind of relaxed a bit, a little bit. They're so happy that they've been able to get some things off their chest. And I always leave the end um, with giving them an actionable step and making sure mm. that they actually take something, you know, from the conversation. So if you'd like to even just talk to me for a free session, you got to get some things off for the last two years you haven't been able to get off. <laughs> um, just contact me. You can send me a direct message on Instagram and you can get that scheduled. And then also I'm going to be excitingly uh, for this okay. year opening up some group coaching because part, like I mentioned, part of that burnout recovery is definitely having that support um, and having that community support. And so when you have other people kind of going through the same things as you, you all can lean on one another and have your back or have each other's back in that way as well. And I'll be there to to guide you through it. Mm, I'm, I feel like I got my free session today, but can I get one yeah, more? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Each person awesome. is different. <laughs> yeah. And so I also put all your information in the show notes. So if you want to work with Tiffany, find her on IG, but also make sure you check the show notes for links and more information about where you can find her. So before we let you go, we have to do our sugar free quickies. <laughs> yes. And that is a series of either or questions that I ask at the end of every episode and you have to choose either or it's not optional. You can't say both. It's yes, okay. no, either or. Okay. okay. So for date night, are you doing a nice dinner or Netflix and chill? Oh, Netflix and chill. For everybody, Netflix and then chilling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny because most of the women I know want to be taken out on a date, but every time you ask, they want to Netflix and chill. Yeah. If there's one or the other, definitely Netflix and chill. It's just I so know. comfy. I <laughs> and we burnt out. We tired. We don't want to get dressed. It, that part. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I feel you. Okay. So for rest and relaxation, mountain cabin retreat or sunny beach resort for rest and relaxation mm -hmm. i think a mountain cabin would be nice mm. that sounds very quiet touche yeah touche i've always mm -hmm. wanted to do a mountain cabin Me type too. retreat type thing but i've never if 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 uh Tiffany coaches, you know, does a group coaching session in the mountains. Let me know. Hey, okay. <laughs> Giving me ideas. Yes. A group <laughs> retreat. That might be fun. Oh, a group singles yes. retreat. Too. Might meet, might meet oh. you somebody. Girl. Might be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A couple more. Would you rather in your downtime, read a book or watch a movie? Downtime, I'm watching a movie. I'm a big movie, movie freak. Mm -hmm. I love movies. Gotcha. I wish we hadn't talked about this during the episode, but it was, would you rather go for a run or take a dance fit class? Or Oh, 
Oh, of course, dance fit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I figured. But, um, you know, it was one of the questions. So the final question is when you're feeling drowsy at around 3 p.m., would you rather drink some coffee or take a short walk? Yeah, I'm taking a short walk. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I recommend for everybody to do. Get up and get outside if you can. Same. I'm not a coffee. I'm not a caffeine drinker at all because it makes me sick. So I've had to navigate college, grad school, the bar and practicing law without any caffeine. Wow. wow. Mm, the struggle. That's a superhero. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. This has truly been such an amazing episode. Again, make sure you connect with Tiffany so that you can get your life together. Pretty much after this episode, I can safely say that every single person I know between the ages of 25 and 42 have smooth sailed way past burnout and have landed on burnt to a crisp. Okay. Just fried, die, and laid to the, laid to the side, child. We all wore out. But one thing that does bring me some sense of peace is knowing that one thing millennials is not afraid to do is to ask for what we need and to demand better for ourselves. So I will sleep good tonight at a reasonable hour because that's what Tiffany told us to do. I'm going to sleep good tonight at a reasonable hour knowing that we know how to say no and we know how to get what we want. So thank you all for joining us. And be sure to check back in next week for another great episode, plenty of real talk, and of course, more of the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party, and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Meet small business owner Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing, and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your formally form or template today.